0: or by emailing him, michael.chapman at ibf.com.au.
1: So today we're going to talk about cysts. It's not uncommon for patients having fertility problems to have an ultrasound and the ultrasound reports a cyst That's obviously can be very worrying for you and often will bring patient to seek advice from me. So let's start from basics. So when an ultrasound says there's a cyst, what they're saying is there is a fluid-filled object, usually round, sitting in the pelvis. Again, usually in the ovaries, but can be separate to the ovaries. The commonest cyst is actually the follicle that grows each month to produce an egg. And they certainly can be mistaken as something more dramatic. Because from the beginning of your menstrual cycle, what is happening in the ovary is that an egg is growing and it grows within a follicle. And a follicle is a fluid-filled cavity, which could be called a cyst. And that follicle grows from two or three millimeters in diameter to reach over two centimetres in diameter, 20 millimetres across, around the time that ovulation will occur. So when on a scan somebody reports the fact that there's a two centimetre cyst, the first thing I think about is this just a basic normal monthly follicle. Obviously that's nothing to worry about. Sometimes if ovulation doesn't occur, the follicle continues to grow and remains present in the um, ovary, for sometimes up to six, eight weeks, and can can grow to three, four, five centimetres in diameter over that time. They're termed a simple cyst, or a simple persistent follicle. In most cases, just waiting is sufficient for them to disappear. Some doctors try and make them ovulate by giving injections, but i found this not particularly helpful. Another way of trying to suppress them more quickly is to switch off your pituitary hormones by taking the pill for two or three weeks. Again, in most cases they resolve spontaneously. Adding those bits might help, but maybe not. It is very rare that one needs to actually operate to remove the cyst. The general rule is They need to be over five centimetres in size before we start to worry about them. And our main worry isn't the cyst itself. It's just that with a large cyst, two things can happen. One is they can rupture and bleed and cause pain. And the second is they increase the chances of an ovary twisting on its pedicle, constraining the blood supply and therefore leading to damage to the ovary. So we we do move in if they get and they get large and they persist. But don't necessarily rush into having a procedure with a three or four centimetre follicular cyst. It probably will be unnecessary. The other cysts we see on ultrasound are those associated with polycystic ovaries. So these again aren't true cysts, they are actually follicles that have stopped growing. They've stopped growing at 4, five, six, 10 millimetres in size. And they've stopped growing because of the hormone imbalance that's going on inside the ovary. And those cysts can sit, uh, they produce hormones, which continues the hormone imbalance that's associated with polycystic ovaries. They tend to be around the outside of the ovary, near the surface of the ovary. Like in its most severe forms, they call it a necklace appearance like a pearl necklace with lots of little round things dotting around the edge of the ovary. Again, they're nothing nasty. They're not going to be cancer. They are purely the response of the ovary to a hormone imbalance, and they certainly do not need to be removed. We've talked about polycystic ovarian syndrome in other programs, and I'm not going to go into the treatment of them on this particular occasion. The next type of cyst, which occurs very rarely in young women, is what uh, can be called a pre-malignant, a pre-cancer cyst. These show themselves to be different to the simple cysts we've talked about already, in that they tend to contain solid parts to them, or they may be divided into various segments by scepter, by tissue between the areas of the follicle, of the cyst. That septate appearance is always a little bit more disturbing. But again, in the vast majority of cases, even these types of cysts called, they may be either mucinous cyst adenomas, or they may just be simple serous adenomas. Generally, we do remove them if they have that complex appearance and not a simple cyst, because there is a tiny chance that they may be cancer. Generally, the doctor, when they see these types of cysts, will organise blood tests for looking at markers of tumours uh, to check them out. If they persist for any more than five or six weeks, we tend to remove them laparoscopically. That laparoscopic surgery should be done by someone who is competent at laparoscopic surgery. Not all gynaecologists are good at laparoscopic surgery because what you want to do, particularly if you're trying to get pregnant, is conserve as much ovary as possible. You don't want to be damaging ovarian tissue and losing eggs by having surgery that might be a little more aggressive than is necessary. In women under the age of 40, it is incredibly rare for something to be malignant, but we do check that, and that's why one of the reasons we take those, those types of cysts out and why we do the blood tests. In that scenario, if there was that suspicion, we might be referring you to a, a specialist in gynaecological cancer. But that's the rare situation. The other cyst that we see, particularly in infertility patients, is the endometriotic cyst. So this is endometriosis inside the ovary. And what that leads to is a follicle filling up with blood. And so they're sometimes called chocolate cysts because the blood, once it's clotted, looks very much like chocolate. And when we open them up in the operating theater, they ooze like melted chocolate. So chocolate cysts are endometriosis. The treatment for those generally will be to remove them if they are very large, again, greater than five centimetres and we tend to remove them for the same reasons I've mentioned before. Smaller ones there is great debate about, mainly because if you remove a cyst, you are gonna destroy some of the ovarian tissue and in endometriosis that involves the ovaries, the ovaries already are reduced in the number of eggs so the consensus at the moment is to leave those cysts behind because the evidence is that in IVF cycles the small endometriotic cysts do not affect the outcome. When there is an endometriotic cyst one has to be concerned that there might be a similar endometriosis elsewhere in the pelvis and so a laparoscopy perhaps is indicated in that scenario particularly if there are symptoms that go along with endometriosis. The other cysts that we can sometimes see in the pelvis, again, this is not common, but I only had a patient this week who had had what was said in ultrasound to be a persistent cyst and she wasn't getting pregnant after repeated transfers of embryos and we wondered whether it was interfering. When we did the laparoscopy this week, what we found was a cyst, but it wasn't in the ovary. It was at the end of the fallopian tube it's called a parafimbrial cyst and these are relatively common. They're usually tiny, uh, half a centimetre or, or so. This particular one was four centimetres in diameter and it obviously been there for a long, long time and almost certainly wasn't a cause of infertility. But at least now when we scan her in the next IVF cycle, it will not be present and confuse us because sometimes we might think it's a follicle. So there are lots of cysts that are involved in the ovary and and the structures nearby in women under the age of 40 is incredibly rare that these cysts uh, have any cause for concern in terms of cancer. A question I've been asked on my responses to my podcasts a couple of occasions has been women saying, "I'm going through an IVF cycle and there was a cyst present and the doctor decided that he should take it out before we do the cycle. Is this right?" I have to say that I tend not to operate on ovarian cysts unless they are over 4 to 5 centimetres in size. Uh, The evidence is pretty clear they do not interfere with an IVF cycle. The only time to be considering taking out a smaller one would be if the hormonal output from that cyst is interfering with the cycle. But if the hormone levels at the beginning of an IVF cycle are low, which is why we do a blood test on day one or two of the cycle. If those levels are low, that cyst is not doing anything, nor will it do anything to interfere with your IVF cycle. So I suggest leaving them well alone. So today we've covered a whole range of cysts in the ovaries. I hope that's been helpful. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website, www.theivfjourney.com, and select IVF Journey podcast from the navigation menu.
0: Thank you for listening to the IVF Journey with Dr Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF Journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr Chapman's rooms on 1800 311 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.